Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Hey, is God is good. So basic, so simple, but some folks need to hear. You may say, man, I don't know. I think I already know that, Pastor. You know what? I believe there's something in this for everyone today. You're going to hear something. You're going to hear a word. Maybe you've never heard a certain verse, or you're going to hear a verse different from a different angle, and I believe God's going to touch you with it. So God is good. I believe Satan from the start, even from the Garden of Eden, he was attacking God's goodness because he started to question what God had said, even lie and twist the word to Eve. Remember when we talked to Eve? He said, did God say? He's already questioning his goodness. He's questioning his truth. He's questioning his word, and he's questioning his goodness. He's saying, did God say you can't eat of any of the trees? That's not what God said. It's funny, but he sows a doubt with questioning God's goodness, going, wait a minute. Wait, wait no, God, God just said we can't eat of that certain tree. Wait, why won't he let us eat of that tree? Isn't that strange how human nature will focus on the one thing you can't do or can't have, and you have all these other millions of things that you can be thankful for? Strange how that works with human nature. The enemy wants us to fixate on that one thing that maybe you're struggling with. Say, man, oh, it's all, it's all over. It's all, it's all messed up now because of that one thing or that one weakness I have. No, that's just one thing. Don't let that one mark mess up your white T-shirt. Don't let that one thing mess up your beautifully painted room. Don't let that one thing mess up your beautifully organized and gifted and special mind. Don't let that one thing. See, the enemy has always been out to attack God's truth and his goodness. And if he's attacking his truth and his goodness, he's attacking his word. And I don't know who in here has faced that recently, but this message is for somebody today. This message is for me just as much as it is for you. God is good, even though my mom went to be with Jesus this year. Even though my grandma went to be with Jesus. Dad just keeps telling me, man, this was a great year. They're in heaven. It was a great year. Man, it blows me away to hear Dad talk like that. He's always talked like that, but man, he's never changed his confession my whole life. He said, man, it was a great year. It was a great year. Your mom's in heaven. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, there is so much that you can be grateful for. God has been so good to you. Let me just ask you, you a question. You guys know I love surveys, right? I love people raising their hands because I just like to see percentages. I love it, like fractions and stuff. Who in here says, I could have been dead already? You could have OD'd. You could have been in a car accident. Somebody hit you. Dad was in a wreck one time. They could, my Jen, was, when she was a little baby, their vehicle turned over. Some of you could have died in different ways. The enemy was out to kill you, but here you are. Look at the things you've overcome. Look at the things you've stepped through and around or dug your way under and come out on the other side. Every possible way that you could do it, you clawed and fought your way in. And sometimes you said, man, I looked in the mirror and I looked like something the cat dragged in. Or maybe I, I looked in the mirror and I looked like a, an alley cat who'd been in a fight. But man, you made it. You made it somehow. Look at the people you've lost in your life and you're still here. Look at the betrayal you've felt and you've forgiven. Look at the times you're in a financial strait you were in trouble, and God worked it out. Somehow he worked it out. You needed a new job, and God gave you a new job. Maybe you went to jail. Maybe you were in jail for something you didn't quite do. Maybe you're in a situation that you feel you didn't deserve, and somebody else put that on you, but you said, you know what? I forgive, and I'm going to march on. God is good. He's always been good. Don't let the devil ever lie to you about God's goodness. 
I want you right now to stop and go ahead and give the Lord a clap offering for his goodness. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God is good, and he is faithful. Point one today. God is love. Yeah, love is good, right? Especially God's kind of love, agape love. Now, Scripture doesn't say God just has love. Scripture says God is love. So everything he does is on base. Everything he does is justified. Everything he does is perfect and moral and right. And once we get that into our heads, we understand that whatever we're going through, whatever things we don't understand, we know that no matter what, God is good. Somebody say that with me. God is good. Say it with me. One, two, three. Say God is good. Now someone say God is love. That's right. One, one more time. God is love. That's right. Let's go to 1 John 4.16. God is love. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love. Wow. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Remember, according to Scripture, if you're walking in love, you can keep the Ten Commandments, huh? But the Ten Commandments aren't even an issue if you're loving God and loving your neighbor because you're not going to treat anybody outside of love. Men, you're not going to treat your wife bad. Ladies, you're not going to treat your husband bad. Folks, you're not going to treat people bad at work because you're walking in love. Let's go to Psalm 89, 14. God doesn't just have love. Oh, it's so much more than that. He is love. I love this verse. Righteousness and justice. Wow. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. The psalmist is writing to God here. He says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Un and then he ties it into love. Unfailing love and truth, what? Walk before you as attendants. You say, man, Pastor Matt, you meaning to tell me that because God is righteous and he's, he's just and he does the right thing at the right time, that ties into his love? Oh, yeah. Scripture says he is the righteous judge. So as the righteous judge, he brings justice. Some of you, you don't raise your hands. Some of you are waiting for God to bring justice on your behalf. Some of you have said, man, I prayed for them. I forgave them. I speak life over them. I pray a blessing over them. But God is my deliverer, and God is going to bring justice. God has seen my situation. He's seen how they treated me. It's up to God. I'm not going to take revenge. God is going to deal with that situation. I've had to do that. And I've prayed loving prayers over people and said, God, I speak a blessing over them. I speak a blessing over those who have cursed me and spoken evil and treated me that way. But God, you are a God of, God of justice. Abraham questioned God when he was reasoning with God about Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember, he was having an auction with God. He said, Lord, if there's 50 there, would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Lord, if there's 40 there that are righteous, and he gets it down to what? I believe it was what, Dad? 10? Weren't even 10 there. But Abraham said, will not the judge of all the earth do right in this? Will not the judge of all the earth do right in this situation? And God said, all right. All right. Abraham said, man, I'm just, I'm just dust speaking to you. I've taken it upon myself to reason with God. But if there are 10 righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah, will you not destroy the city, Lord? And God said, if there's 10 righteous, if I find 10 righteous there, I won't. 10 out of thousands. Couldn't find them, though. 
It's interesting to me, people, we, we talk about God is love, God is love, but a large part of God's love is his justice. He's a God of judgment as well. And people say that so flippantly. I've even seen the tattoos, man, only God can judge me, and that's understandable. One guy misspelled it, said, only God can juge me. Oh, man, J-U-G-E. Oh, not good. Not good. Yeah, people say that, but they say it so flippantly. Well, only God can judge me. Yeah, the, the issue is God will always judge us, and he will judge us and deal with us on this earth and in the next life. That's why we have the blood of Jesus, right? We're taken care of in the next life, but God brings judgment, and God even brings judgment into his house. Did you know that? They've, people have misused that word so much, they've treated it like it's nothing. They've treated it like a, a, just a little nothing word, Say, oh, don't judge me or he judged me. But yeah, Scripture says judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Why? Because he deals with his people. He expects more out of us, doesn't he? But he's still good. And he's still loved. People say, man, why did, why did God allow this? Or what is going on with this? What is going on here? God is still good. He, he's a God of love. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. His justice is what? It's his fairness. It's in, his impartiality. It's his neutrality in some situations where he allows us to do things. But he always, always deals with it. He always deals with it. Some people go, man, what about that one who was awful to me? Or what about that one who killed thousands of people in that foreign country? Or what about that one? You don't worry. God is going to deal with them. Some of you have had to turn some people in your lives over to God. I have too. We've had people at this church before back in the day giving the pastor so, many tr so much trouble. I remember folks giving my mom a hard time over some situation that wasn't her fault. And my mom would tell me, She'd say, I've turned them over to God. God's going to deal with them. I forgive them. I love them. They can go in peace, but God's going to have to deal with them. And you know what? I trust God to deal with people. Why? I trust God to deal with me. Why? Because God is love. Because God is good. I trust God's judgments. King David said, you know what? No, I'll turn my, myself over to God instead of turn, let, my, let myself be placed in the hands of man. He said, because God is righteous. I'm going to trust myself to God. Wow, that's powerful. God is love. Let's go to point two today. I love this one. I love this one. I think this came up when we were talking about Jesus and about his attributes and about how Jesus dealt with people. God does not change. God does not change. He doesn't just look at me and go, you know what? I'm tired of looking at Matt's face. I'm sick of him. I forgave him yesterday, but I'm going to take that back. Uh-uh. God doesn't change. God has not changed his mind about you. Someone in this house needs to hear that. You ever dealt with insecurity? You ever dealt with low self-esteem? That's because you don't have a revelation of who you are in God. You say, man, but you don't know exactly what I've faced. You don't know how I've been mistreated. You don't know the abuse I've suffered and whose hands I've suffered at. No, you know what? All of that's important. But it pales and it lessens. When you stand before God and you say, you know what? God does not change. God doesn't change. I like this verse here. It's pretty strong. Let's go to Malachi 3.6. Malachi 3.6. Look at the Lord speaking to his people. In the Old Testament, last book of the Old Testament here. He says, I am the Lord and I do not change. He says, I do not change. Look at what he says to Israel. And this is to us too. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ha! <laughs> Isn't that crazy? 
Is that, is that all of the verse there? I think that is. That's it. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed, because I do not change. I'm going to keep my word to you. No matter what, I will keep my word to you. He doesn't change. Let's go to Hebrews 13.8. I love this verse. I love this one. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we know that God is unchangeable. The Old and New Testament confirm it. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. On the count of three, I want you to say this whole verse with me. Let's get this in our spirit today. One, two, three. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's say it again. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One more time. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. Isn't that good news? That means the same God that saved me when I was about seven years of age. That's the same God who's going to keep his covenant with me. That's the same God who's going to keep me saved. That's the same God who's not going to leave me nor forsake me. I can push God away, but he's never going to push me away. I can choose and push God away in so many ways, but God is never going to push me away. Scripture says neither death nor life or angels or demons or things to come or things past or present or tribulation. And I'm jumbling up those verses in Romans 8. But I'm going to tell you right now that the bottom line is no matter what happens, no matter what happens, nothing can separate me from God's love. Because he's the same yesterday, today and forever. No matter what happens, Nothing is going to change how God feels about me. No matter what happens, nothing is going to change what he did on, me, on, the, on the cross for me. No matter what happens, his promises are yes and amen through Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. That's right. God is faithful. He does not change. God does not change. Let's look at Malachi 3.6 again. I love that. He himself says, I am the Lord and I do not change. Do you get that? I do not change. Hmm. That's why we're still here, because he has not changed his mind about us. Point number three today. God doesn't lie. He doesn't lie, and he doesn't change. Let's go to Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man. He's not a human, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Isn't that powerful? Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Man, that's powerful. Let's start over at the beginning of that verse. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human, so he does not change his mind. Next part of that verse. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? No. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Back to the Garden of Eden. As soon as Adam and Eve sinned, it's funny how people like to put it on the woman. Say, oh man, yeah, she messed up. She was deceived. Yeah, she was deceived. But it sounds like her husband was right next to her. So where was he? Okay. For everybody going, oh yeah, but you know, the woman. Yeah, they both fell. They did it as a partner, as partners. They were, it was husband and wife and they fell as husband and wife, Adam and Eve. And it was, I, I hold Adam ultimately responsible and I know God did too. Because it was through Adam that the blessing was going to come on the human race, and it was through Adam that the curse came on the human race. But right after Adam and Eve made those fatal, fatal decisions and bad mistakes with the, the serpent in the garden, and they took of the forbidden fruit, the Lord promised and said, Her seed 
is going to bruise your head. The seed of this woman. He's already prophesying Jesus. Just like that, God already had a plan. This is crazy to me. This is deep, but I'm going to just drop it on you real quick. Scripture says he is the lamb who was killed or slain before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? It means God had a plan before he even had to give his word about that plan. Isn't that crazy? He had a plan because he knew we were going to mess up, mess up. But he also knew he was going to give us a choice. What is love if it's not done with a free will and a free heart? Right? That same God does not lie. And as soon as Adam and Eve fell from grace, he said, there's a plan in place already. I've already foreseen this, and I'm going to have to send myself through a woman to this human race. And that is, we're going to get into that. Um, I believe, let's see, yep. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about Mary. We're going to talk about some stories in the series called The First Noel. Just a little blurb for this. And we're going to really talk about Mary next week and how she responded to God when God said, you're the one. How she responded. It all came, it's crazy because a woman was deceived in the garden and the man was consenting. And then it turns out so many thousands of years later, we don't know how many years later, it's like a woman became undeceived and believed the truth and was able to bring the promise in to creation. And there was a man who was consenting as well. Praise God. God used a man and a woman after a man and a woman fell. And God doesn't lie. God spoke to them. He spoke to them a promise. All through Scripture, He spoke to His people. He speaks to us. He promised Jesus, and Jesus came, and He died, and He rose again. All because God does not lie. It hurts to be lied to, doesn't it? I don't need to get you to raise your hand, because if you don't raise your hand, you'd be lying this morning. If I asked you, have you ever been lied to? Or have you ever been disappointed by someone who lied to you? Or have you ever been disappointed by someone who broke their word? But God will not fail you. God will not fail you. There's things in life that don't happen. We don't understand them, but it's not God's fault. I need you to soak that up and absorb that this morning. God is good. Somebody say, God is good. No matter what, God is faithful, and He is good. No matter what, God is good no matter what. Okay, you still with me? Let's move on now to point four. I'm going to give us some altar time today and some ministry time just because I know that God wants to speak to us. Everything God gives is good because he's good. Are you all with me? Everything God gives is good. Let's go to James 1.17. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Well, other translations say every good and perfect gift comes to us, right? From the Father of lights. Every good and perfect gift. Are God's gifts perfect? Yeah, Scripture says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. You guys ever studied the lottery? And it's crazy how people still play and still want to win. Have you guys ever studied how many people it ruins? I would say because of the way it ruins people, that's not God's blessing. Overnight, they're multi-millionaires, almost billionaires. Some of them are just multi-multi-hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And terrible, they, they just lose it. Most of those folks, I haven't studied all of them, but I've seen some case studies on some of these folks. They get all this stuff, say, man, praise God, they got blessed. Did they? I don't believe money will, will destroy you. No, not necessarily. I believe money takes on your personality. 
right? If somebody is a drug dealer and a, a dope user, well, they're going to use money for drugs. If they're into pornography, they're going to use money for that. If they're into to weapons, they're going to buy weapons with their money. They're going to, where their treasure is, their heart is also, okay? Say, man, money changed those people. No, money brought out who they really were. No, money changed them. Uh-uh. Money brings out, I've seen dudes even in Hobbs. Man, they're making some thousands here and there. Knew a dude years ago. Decent guy, cool to be around, funny. But man, the more money he made, the more of a jerk he became. It was crazy. It gave him attitude. He'd start talking to people roughly and stuff. Smoking more cigarettes. Just being a punk. Like, it just gave him more attitude. It was weird. Say, oh man, that must be because money's ruining him. No. He ruined the money. He could have given the money to God and gotten more humble. I don't know Bill Gates, but he doesn't come across like a total jerk. He just doesn't. One of the richest people in the world. I don't know him. There's been prophecies that he's going to give to God's kingdom. We don't rely on that because God doesn't need his money. But I'm going to tell you right now, everything that God gives is good. So the job that you have, if God gave you that job, unless you just jumped up and took it, that job is good for you. <clears throat> God gave you children. That's a good gift too. Husbands, God gave you a wife. Guess what? Scripture says, he that has found a wife has found a good thing. Every gift from God is good because God is good. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. My wife is, is good news and a gift to me. Ladies, if God gave you your husband, and I believe he did, he's a gift to you from God, okay? So let's go over these points again this morning. I want to revisit them on the screen there. Let's start with God is love. God is good, yes, but God is love. Number two, God does not change. Number three, God doesn't lie. And number four, everything God gives is good. I just want to reinforce the fact today that God is good with all these points because God is good. He's been good to you. He's been faithful to you. He's not changed. He's given you how many chances? Wow. I've had too many to count, and here I am. Praise God. And finally, some of it stuck, right? Some of it stuck, and here we are. Can I get an amen in this house? Wow, we could have been goners. We could have been dead without Jesus. But God is so good. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. I'm going to pray with you and pray for you.